Hello, gamers of all uh, console persuasions, because I have multiple consoles now, so I'm like the I'm like the fucking avatar, man. I have an Xbox and a PlayStation and a Switch and a PC in my house. I have all the elements. It's an Xbox 360, but it is all of the elements. It fucking counts. Old Ang Silver over here. <laughs> that's me. That's me. <laughs> me and Cora just gaming super hard. <laughs> Cora <laughs> definitely games to be fair. Oh, of course. Of course. Her her and her and her girlfriend fucking rip it up. Yeah. Oh man, absolutely. yeah. The hardcore like twelve hour Twitch streams. <laughs> oh, you know they stream. You know they stream. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh what would he give the feelings and advice show about playing games being human and dealing with the fact that those games will involve other humans? I am your host and question keeper, Eric Silver, and the piece of clothing from video games that I wish I could buy from just a regular real life uh retailer sonic the hedgehog sneakers i know they've done versions of this before but really if i could get the actual sneakers that look the most like the sneakers but also looked like it was on a foot because like they did mario's boots at one point for the mario movie and they just look like giant boots and i don't want to look like sonic i want to have sonic sneakers that's what i, what I would like. oh that makes sense hey I'm jasper cartwright perpetual guest and also co-host of this podcast uh what's up oh, what's up oh i've been upgraded everyone we must have hit a stretch goal on patreon or something because i've been upgraded uh what's a piece of clothing you wish you could wear um so like my immediate one is like someone from final fantasy like a cloud mm. or something like get that dope coat or something like that but that's a good one if i'm gonna be sort of slightly less uh no in fact it would probably have to be the I, I don't know why I like coats. I'm I live in England. It's That's wet fine. Washington, so it, coats are gonna be an option. Um, Adam Jensen from Deus Ex. That overcoat is fly as hell. It is. I think that the fact that so many of these like edgy characters with like trench coats with dusters, mm. like they don't exist in real life. That's why they look so good. Like no one yeah. looks good in a well, duster well, in real life. Well, it's because they're nowhere near as fitted as they are, right? Like right, exactly. It's like. You know, you, we're talking about someone getting a tailored duster jacket and right. wearing it all the time. And it's like, realistically, the only people, there's like probably like one or two cities in America and then like England are probably yeah. the only places in the world where it's like temperate and rainy enough for you to wear a jacket, like to to spend that much on a coat. Because you're going to be wearing, you need to you need to justify wearing it all year round, right? You can't be yeah. tucking that bad boy away for a few months. Even England, honestly. It gets a little warm for a, you know, big old jacket. But also, I would say the UK and various countries in England only have the places where you would go to a tailor to make that happen. Like, I'm thinking sure. about Seville Row, which, again, is yeah. incredibly expensive, yeah. but at least it's named. In the United States, it feels like you need to go on, like, a geocacher quest for you to find yeah. a good tailor. <laughs> so at least like there's there's a tradition of it in Europe. Oh yeah, that makes sense. Uh, yeah, you absolutely definitely could. Uh, it would cost you a lot, but it you would absolutely you absolutely. But at least could. like you would know where to go, right? Yeah. It, yeah. Th that's something that's like incredibly gatekeeped by the ultra ultra wealthy is um good sure. tailoring in the United States. Yeah, that makes a ton of sense. Oh, I'm gonna throw out one more actually because I think I'd be annoyed if I didn't say this. Please. Ezio Auditore's, uh, like, jacket from Assassin's Creed has to be of up course. there. Like, if if that wasn't a weird thing to wear all the time, 100% <laughs> I would wear it all the time. 
Uh, I'd be jumping from like the fourth stair in my house. And then like, every time I see a cowl, I'm like, someone wants to be a rogue here. I feel it. Yeah. And, and it's me. I also want cowl sweaters at all times. 100%. It's a hundred, a little peak on that, on that hoodie. Mm. Little, little peak on the hoodie, make you look like a bird. Cool. There was a, a, I think it's called Valari, was a company that makes these. Like, it's like a nerdy clothing. Oh, yeah, cool. that, But it was, like, more inspired by, like, you can't wear the whole thing. Yeah, it's kind of yeah, like a, a sweatshirt. A I think I've seen those before. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm kind of a big fan of that stuff generally. Like, me and my wife always describe it as geek chic. Yes. You know, it's like yeah. where the idea is, is like, if you were just looking at it, you'd be like, oh, it's just like a cool hoodie. Yeah. But if you know what the game is, then you're like, oh, that's a sick hoodie. You know what I mean? Like, that's the kind there, of like, There are a lot of companies making good shit of that now. Like, yeah. this is not, I'm not being disparaging. I think that the stuff is super, super cool and it's really high quality. I feel oh, that yeah. way about Pokemon stuff now. Like, I'll, you know what I really want is like a sweater that has the big Team Rocket R on it. And like, mm-hmm. you know, and like, I want it to be high quality. I want it to look sick. And I know it exists. I just have to go find it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or like a big R on the back with a little R on the front, you know, like where yeah. you'd normally have like a clothing logo or something. So it's like, you know, like I said, it's like, uh, oh, cool. That's a cool hoodie. I feel like I recognize that from somewhere, you know? Yeah. You can get it from like Redbubble, but then like, I think the Pokemon Center had it at one point, but then of course it sold out because it's the Pokemon Center. So it's like, yeah. and then you got to spend like $200 on it. Um, sure. But you know, it is what it is. The reason why I was asking is that, first of all, I do have a PS5 now and I did 100% Ooh. Spider-Man 2. Already? Yeah, yeah. Oh man, I'm so jealous. I haven't even been able to buy it. Dude, I was sick for three days, including all of Weekend. So that's oh, what I did. God, I'd love to be sick for a couple days. <laughs> <laughs> no, you don't. It sucks. Yeah, it no, I do. Sucks. I do. I really do. Honestly, I do. I'd love to be sick. I'd love to be sick and just have an excuse to like not do anything for a couple of days. It's... Your life still goes. Like I was missing out on a lot of stuff. It was not fun. Yeah, but it, yeah, but the thing is, I'd have a reason. I'd have a reason to miss out on it, as opposed to just being like, "Well, I'm just feeling lazy today," which is why I don't want to miss out on it. But we're it, gonna like... talk about your negative self talk later. First, first of all, <laughs> yeah, okay. but That's um, fun. the reason why I was thinking about it is because it turns out so there's a this is like a little bit of a spoiler but at one point miles morales who you play as as one of the spider-men in spider-man 2 gets a new costume and i genuinely thought when you said uh this is a bit of a spoiler you're gonna be like miles morales dies <laughs> and i'd be like what <laughs> You cannot say that. Yeah, Holy yeah. Gr- Venom shit. shows up with a gun. <laughs> it sucks. It sucks. I didn't like it. Five out of ten. And it's weird that they made me do a quick time event to shoot Miles Morales. Um, but uh, so he gets a new costume for like kind of the late in the later part of the game, and then it turns out that the costume is like a like Adidas is making like a long sleeve version of the costume. Like, uh, it's obviously, it's like spandex, but then there's like a top, oh, which is like an athletic shirt, and then like pants, what? which mirror it. And then he's wearing these Adidas shoes, which are the same. And they're like $230, the shoes. And here's the thing the costume they chose was the worst one in the game. It's not bad right. by any means, but it's definitely the worst one you can choose. And I immediately switched off of it as quickly as I could. But now, knowing it was a brand activation, I got really pissed. I'm like retroactively cool. like knocking it down to a two out of ten. Well, because you kind of you actively go like I'm down for Adidas making a dope Miles Morales thing, but why would you pick 
you know, the worst one. Like The, the way worst. that it works is that all of a sudden Miles has this new costume and then Peter's like, oh, cool costume. And he's like, yeah, it's a Miles original. So I'm like, oh, you, this literally was a brand activation. Fuck you. I can't believe you tricked me. That's nuts. Because it's like it, it just happens all of a sudden. That's what I think bothers me. It's not like it unlocked. They immediately put it on you and it's in a cut scene and they remark on it. But have you seen them sneaks, though? The sneakers are nice, but they're like $230. With the the little venom on the bottom? Yeah. That's pretty cool, man. I would rather have the shoes from from Across the Spider-Verse, the Nikes, and like I want those really bad. But it's like, these are fine. They're fine. But they have football boots, and I'm genuinely like, I've been thinking about getting some new football boots for a minute, so... Those are tight. The other ones that are part of this capsule collection are tight. These that are part of the mandatory Miles Morales outfit, I don't like. Right, sure, sure. Uh, I'm gonna the links in the episode description. You look at it. It just this just came out today, and this is gonna be a week old by the time. But like, look at it. It's annoying. I'm annoyed. Yeah. Okay. I think you're. I think you're absolutely justified to be annoyed. Thank you. Hey, Jasper. Thanks. Welcome, that's the entire this entire podcast is someone else telling me is it okay can i be annoyed am i allowed am i fucking allowed is it normal to be this annoyed about this (laughs) uh all right well we're going to the games that are giving us feelings i'm the avatar it's great but uh something's happening to jasper which you're you've been on this show called hold on i gotta look at look at my notes here demurption demur demur demurption churnty uh, you forgot how to say the word 20? Turnty. Turnty. Hey, Jasper, uh, you've been on the most recent episodes of uh, Dimension 20, the most recent season. You recorded it a bajillion years ago, and now it's finally oh, coming out. Yeah. NDA, baby. How's it been watching people watch your thing? It's really, really, really surreal. Mm. Uh, I actually dipped into the live chat uh, for one of the episodes. Whoa. The day. Whoa. Uh, just because I was like, I wonder what this is like. And to be fair, I let them know that I was there because I was like, hey, don't be fucking mean about me today. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. f- feel free to be mean in here any other episode. But today I'm here. So just, you know, be <laughs> be nice. I don't think anyone would be like, fuck you, Jasper. You were no, so no, mad. Exactly. And also, I was like, this is this is the live chat for the, yeah, exactly. the, the episode. Like, if you're in the live chat watching the episode at the time these are not the people that are going to be like dunking and hating on this show like that's yeah. ridiculous um but dude it's been weird it's been crazy i'm kind of said this before in various iterations but it's just like it's very rare for me to be doing a thing that people care that i'm in it yeah. not that like you know the the overall thing obviously the overall thing is like big and everyone's excited but everyone's excited for like us as individuals within this thing and that's very strange and it's kind of nice. It's kind of it honestly feels kind of like gratifying to, you know, have people really kind of like going into the minutiae of stuff that I was doing and actually like noticing some of the things that I've done and I'm like, "Man, I've like never had that." Like to the point where people are like, "Okay, guys, crazy theory, but I think that Thorn's like doing this because." And I was like, "Oh my god, you nailed it." Like, you don't know it yet because you won't know until episode 8 or whatever, but like you nailed it. And that's really cool that you're like picking up all these little things and these little moments and like I don't know, it just kind of means, you know, it means a lot as a creative who's spent most of their life feeling generally undervalued as a creative. 
you know, like feeling I'm on the periphery or I'm not like well known enough for my creativity to be valid. And do you know what I mean? Like all of these things that a lot of people have to deal with. It's been lovely to then actually have like, you know, some validation from people who are just super excited and and stoked. And I just, yeah, I'm, I'm loving it. And I feel like, uh, I feel like most of the fans feel, I think every week where I'm just like, oh, look, Dimension 20. Oh my God, it's me. Mm. Cool. First of all, Jasper, you are so good as that horse. I don't know why you keep the negative self-talk. Thanks. You Thanks are so good you. as one of the horses in War Horse. One of the horses who dies at the end of the of the show. Uh, it, it's a sickly horse, and I die about five minutes after coming on as that horse. Um, but thank you, I appreciate yep. it. I showed up as a ho- as Pestilence the horse, but they didn't like that, so they turned by. I basically was actually Pestilence. To be fair, those horses were kind of uh, pretty pretty messed up. They kind of nasty. Do you, do you still remember a bunch of the stuff that you did? Because, like, man, it's been nine... How many months since you recorded this thing? Seven months. Yes, okay. seven months. Uh, uh, honestly, no. A lot of the stuff I'm finding out through Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, I did do that. Nice. Good job. Yeah, yeah. Someone, someone made a gif of of, of my character. It's uh, a very silly scene where I grabbed a bush and was running away going, check it out, check it out, check it out. And I completely forgot. And then suddenly it was like... I had people just messaging me and tagging me and stuff, being like, check it out, check it out, check it out. And I was like, oh, this is weird. I forgot about that entirely. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I, I honestly, I rewatched the most recent episode uh, and was like, oh, yeah, this is like a whole episode that happened and I completely forgot about it. So, yeah. That's nice. Uh, what's your uh, favorite fan art you've gotten so far or have seen? Oh, there's, dude, there's been some wild ones. And it's like really. pretty consistent as well. Like people, uh, people are turning up with some amazing stuff. Honestly, like I just love seeing Thorn in like different art styles. Like I saw mm-hmm. one is this almost like slightly more like, uh, you know, like the uh, arcane, you know, it's like a two, like a 2D over a 3D model type art. Yeah, and it was yeah. like, I was like, dad, dad, that was that's sick as hell. And most of that, I have to I have to go on to Tumblr to find it, which oh, also sure. means you end up getting thirsty uh, stuff, which is sure. that was something I was entirely unprepared for. Oh, sorry. Uh, you didn't want really thirsty things about stoats. That wasn't part of the oh, no, part no, no, of the no, no, um, no, dude, uh, they do not mention the Stokes. I'm talking, they are just straight up mentioning <laughs> See, me. <laughs> when you said Tumblr, I'm like, wow, they really are. I want that Stoke to fuck. Oh, no, no, they're wrong. They're, that exists on Tumblr. I'm just actively choosing. I'm like avoiding that. Like, I'm like, I don't want it. Whatever that is, I don't want to go there. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, they're thirsting over Jasper Cartwright. Got it. Got yes. It. You yes, are yes. a man with make with visible makeup on. So I feel like you're really, you're really... Right up the middle there. Yeah, it's uh, it, it uh, was it's uh, it's been an intense experience. You are uh, a strong, you are a strong leader of a tribe, and you have visible makeup on. Pretty good, pretty good, pretty good. It's pretty good mix. It's pretty good mix, and the cameras are good. You know what I mean? The cameras yeah. are good, generous. They're generous. <laughs> They're gen- uh, yeah, generous camera. They have it set to to look make me look good. Yeah, yeah. They have it set to generous. Uh, it's the same. It's the same camera they use for Tom Cruise's height. So, uh, damn, yeah. dude, you're, you're, he's gonna find you. I guess you're in a different country, but he might find you. Oh yeah, I'm pretty sure I just heard him land on my roof. So, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure I'd be abseiling through my window at any moment. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't have any now that with the sag strike still going. He's bi- he doesn't have anything to do. So he's just gonna take this time to bust through your window. He's He's like, oh, I'm gonna try. I'm gonna jump off this this cliff, and oh, all of a sudden, I'm in Manchester, and I'm flying directly at this bloke's house. Oh, sorry, this is a tangent, but Please. 
speaking of the sag strike please tell okay. me you have seen what jay diddy did um, can you be more specific you would know if you'd seen it we have to link this in the episode description okay. so last year jay diddy went uh, for halloween jay diddy went dressed as the joker wait who is who is jay diddy like a rapper Okay. Um, wait, am I thinking? Wait, hold on. Is his name actually J Diddy, or have I made that up because I'm thinking of Jeremy uh, and his nickname is J Diddy? Hold on. Wait, let me find his. Do you mean uh, like? It might just be Diddy. It's just Diddy. What am I talking about? It's not J Diddy. Oh, you it's mean just Puff? Diddy. Yes, Puff Daddy. Nay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, <laughs> so it's like because... who is J Diddy? <laughs> it's because I always call Jeremy J Diddy, and it's because of Di uh, anyway. But basically, we're talking about Sean Puffy Combs, also known as Diddy. Okay, great, as Diddy. Great. Yes. So last year he went dressed as the Joker. He gets sent yeah. 16 pages of like a cease and desist, like do not dress up like the Joker. Uh, your costume is like too realistic <laughs> and you look actually like the Joker. So he then responds this year, but he says, fine, I won't dress up as the Joker. He dresses up as Batman and shoots an entire like five minute short film of him as Batman going into an executive's office and beating them up until they end the, agree to end the strikes. The SAG strikes. It's fucking incredible. The level of production. He's got the Batmobile. It's like full The Dark Knight. Like, it's honestly incredible. How have, like, I, ne how have I not seen this? This is insane. <laughs> it's the greatest thing I've ever witnessed. It was absolutely sensational. I just could. I was like, this guy gives minor. He gives minus fucks about your lawyers, and it is beautiful to witness. I understand this is like the smallest part of this, but you know that the fact that Diddy decided to dress up as the Dark Knight Batman is only mm -hmm. contributing to in, in some somewhere you there's one point in the which is the best Batman column. And it's like, well, yeah. Diddy chose the Dark Knight yes, Batman. Right. So Christian Bale is the best Batman. Yeah. Well, I also think it's partly because he wanted to go because his his the thing in this movie thing is called The Darkest Night. And I was like, oh, yo. Course. That is dope as hell. Like that's pretty <laughs> that cool. Is, that is extremely freaking cool. <laughs> so okay, <laughs> on Halloween, Diddy was on Jimmy Kimmel Live on the talk show, and uh -huh. Diddy said, "I'm reading from the LA Times piece that I'm going to be linking to in the episode description." Diddy said that that uh, Warner Brothers sent him a cease and desist letter, mm -hmm. threatening legal action for violating its trademark on the Joker character and saying that I did it too good. <laughs> Yes. hilarious thing yes. to say dude yeah. okay, seriously though, look at the costume he actually did kind of do it too good like he actually he legitimately really looks like the joker it's crazy and then <laughs> did he then later looked at a camera as it zoomed in and said tomorrow warner brothers lawyers can you see me the head of legal tomorrow watch what i do and then the next day he put out the video <laughs> Elite man, it is elite. Diddy is it? Oh Diddy, God! He has just basically put himself in the bracket of an elite sports person. Like he's got that level of drive for like accomplishing his goal, no matter how petty it is. You know what yeah. I mean? This is the kind of thing. You know, it's like this is the kind of thing you'd hear about where it's like, oh. 10 years ago someone said this to lebron james and in this game he got a chance to go one-on-one -on -one with that guy and he smacked the shit out of him you know what mm. i mean it's just like out of nowhere no one else remembers this thing that happened last year but diddy's been sitting and brewing on that for a year being like i'm gonna mess these guys up the funny thing about this is that Diddy is in SAG because he's been in a bunch of movies. So it's like, he's this is strictly pro-union. This is great. Yeah. yeah.
it's just incredible it's just a full it's just and it's just as soon as i realized as well like what he because if you listen to the audio as well it's all this like it's like all sounds like batman stuff and i was like oh this is kind of cool i don't even know what this is for and then as soon as i realized that he was in an exec's office and he was telling him to end the strike i was absolutely howling it's so good this is so funny God, I really like this. This is great. Yeah, I, I'm glad that Diddy's kind of crossed over to, like, doing stuff instead of just, like, sitting there being mysterious and weird. Yeah. Like, after being so deeply threatening in the 90s as he's related to hip-hop, now he's just kind of, like, there. But if he's going to do stuff, like, if this is what he's going to use his money for, good. Yeah. Good. This yeah. is what we want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I can't it. tell you how much I love and appreciate celebrities who pull stuff like this. Like... It's the same. It's the same reason why I will ride and die for Heidi Klum because mm. her dressing up as a freaking worm was yeah. the funniest thing in the world. She dressed up as a full peacock, where she got extras to play her feathers and plumage this year. Unbelievable! Unbelievable! Anyone who's got that much commitment to making themselves look, you know, to like not taking themselves that seriously, huge respect. Also, just the 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 branding of I'm Halloween is pretty wild. The yeah. amount of work that went into that. Yeah. And she did and it. She did it. It's impressive. And she did. The first thing I did the day after Halloween was Google Heidi Klum. Like yeah. literally I woke up in the morning and was like, sweet, let's find out what she cooked for us this year. I was I, excited, man. Because <laughs> of the time zones, I like that you probably woke up like two hours after the photos posted. I was getting it early doors, man. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, all right, let's see what they did on the West Coast last you're night. Let's see what they did. Set an alarm. I like. I love two hours. You know, for like four a.m. my time, just to find out what happened. <laughs> I kind of love that. That's very. That's very funny. Hey, it's Eric, and since it's soup season here in the Northern Hemisphere, I made homemade chicken soup. I made my own broth. Uh, cause I like got some chicken backs and then I turned it into broth and like carrots and onion and celery and like egg noodles and a bunch of chicken in it. And it's so good. And you can have it. I made enough for everybody. We're going to have lunch first before you continue the podcast. Okay. And you can just slurp that up while I do the mid roll. All right. And if you're so thankful about having my soup, you might want more soup. And by soup, I mean content. And by more, I mean pay for it at our Patreon, patreon.com slash games and feelings. Love being independent uh, media person, especially in video games right now where everything's weird. But of course, there's a revival of people doing independently. If you want to support that, just shoot $5 over to patreon.com slash games and feelings. And as always, shout out to our producer level patrons, Polly Burge, Kelsey Duffy, and Peyton, who encourage you to buy the game console that you want because it would make you happy. And that's ultimately what it's all about. It is a wonderful day to listen to another show over the Multitude Podcast Collective like Spirits, a history and comedy podcast focused on everything folklore, mythology, and the occult told through the lens of feminism, queerness, and modern adulthood. Listen, Julie and Amanda have been doing this podcast for eight years. They've been innovating it. It's gone through so many different changes. There's new theme song, new art. But like, I know a lot of stuff about mythology because I listen to spirits. I know about the salmon of knowledge, which is just like a salmon in Ireland that's really smart and you got to catch them. I know about the Alicanto, which is a Chilean uh, mythological creature that like eats metal and is shy. And when it's too full of metal, it can't fly. It's a bird. It's very, very funny. Like, I know about 
yeah, of course, the Greek and Roman mythology and North mythology and Egyptian mythology. Like, I know everyone like knows about it ambiently, but like, I know really specific stuff about it. And I know references that like the classics, things that you will pop up in English literature, like you gotta know. So you know what they're talking about. Um, and I can clown on uh, Christian angels and the Christian devil because I listen to spirits and it'll make your life better. If you think this will make your life better, they have over 300 episodes. Some of them even have Eric Silver on them. You can dive in at spiritspodcast.com or search for spirits wherever you download your shows. We are sponsored this week by Ravensburger Jigsaw Puzzles. Indulge in the timeless pleasure of assembling Ravensburger Extraordinary Jigsaw Puzzles. Ravensburger's premium quality puzzles are crafted with meticulous attention to detail, bringing you an unparalleled puzzle-solving experience with a rich heritage dating back to 1883. That is like... 40, 50 years before my my family even came to the United States. That's wild. Ravensburger puzzles have become an integral part of families' lives across generations. Share the joy of puzzling with friends and family, knowing that your cherished puzzles will stand the test of time. I can tell you this. I am an expert because my wife, Amanda McLaughlin, is such a puzz master. She's always telling me about puzzles. I have so many more puzzles in my house now than I ever had my entire life. Uh, and now I know what are good puzzles are. And Ravensburger brings you good puzzles. Are you up to the challenge? So shop Ravensburger today at your local game store or on Amazon. This is perfect. Thanksgiving, American Thanksgiving is coming up, and therefore Black Friday deals are coming. Get your money, get your puzzies. And now, back to the show. Uh, hey, Dripsper, do you want to uh, answer some questions? Yeah, go on there, dog. Yeah, dude. Uh, well, th- uh, let's do a let's do a question that I think we've touched on a little bit, but I think it's kind of related to mm. what we just talked about. And considering how you're on Dementia Twenty, being a being a hot hot stoat. Uh, <laughs> this is from Bewildered in Baraboo. I don't know where Baraboo is, but I like that you came up with that name, and that's great. Love it. Hello, I'm a quasi-forever GM, and I consume a plethora of actual play shows and podcasts like uh, Join the Party. Points, fingers, nice, nice, nice. My concern is, with actual play, is that it can potentially set unreasonable expectations of being a player or GM. People might not realize how much is edited and cut just to get to those juicy, good, fun beats. I realize that great ones uh, do as little editing as possible, but it's still going to be cleaner than a regular session. Not every GM is the gre- the greatest GM in podcasting. Oh, my God. Thank you. Uh, and even they may feel the pressure to be better, even if they have new players who just came to the hobby from actual plays. Am I looking at this r- issue wrong? How can we create realistic expectations for both while consuming all this wonderful content? Thank you. I love you all, including Jasper, who I didn't mention yet. Heart emoji. Ah, <laughs> oh, shucks. Thank yeah. you. Um, This is a legit thing, right? And I will yeah. say that even for us folks within the game, as it were, feel the same thing. If you didn't think that I was absolutely bricking myself sat in that mm-hmm. chair at Dimension 20, knowing that, you know, that I was sat across from the Brennan Lee Mulligan, <laughs> you know what I mean? I was like, oh God, okay, I gotta make sure this is some good roleplay. Like, it's, you know, so here's the thing that I will say though. I think you're absolutely right in the sense that you have to look at it as a, di- a very different thing. You mm-hmm. playing at home with your friends is entirely different to creating and crafting a show because creating and crafting a show in my opinion should be edited like yeah not to say that you know obviously no shade of critical role wouldn't dare 
Uh, the show is great for what it is and that format, and I think it works. But what I'm saying is that like nine times out of 10, I think you can improve most things by editing because at the end of the day, it's a show. It's a, it's, it is a show. It's not just a game. This is a, this is consumable media. And like, I don't know any other consumable media really that isn't edited in some way. Even live stuff is edited in, you know, in ways, you know, they'll, they'll have pre yeah. pre-scheduled segments. They'll have, you know, they'll cut to breaks and stuff so that they can rearrange things and whatever. Like there's, you know, all kinds of editing and stuff like that happening on the fly. Uh, and I think it's exactly the same thing. And so the reason why I think this is an important distinction to make is because whenever you're doing something that, that is then for the audience, you as a DM, you as the players should then have a some, some knowledge of that. And that will normally dictate that you behave in a different way. You know, if we were doing a home game of Burrow's End and we were just playing little Stoke guys, I promise you that story would have moved so much slower than it did. But we know players that we can't do that because Bree's got stuff that she needs to get to. So it's like there is a completely different mindset that you'll be in. And I think that if you feel like it's setting up expectations for you in terms of your home game the thing that kind of helps me is just like try and focus on the fun aspect as opposed to the trying to make some earth shattering you know draw dropping set piece moments or whatever like the fun aspect is the thing that makes your home game better than watching an actual play you know what i mean yeah, absolutely like that's the thing that if you're imagining uh, uh sat around with a group of friends and it's like okay what would be more fun than watching dimension 20 or critical role playing and having fun you know what i mean so for me focus on fun as the commodity by which you are gunning for within your home game and not like quality or emotional moments or big overarching narrative stuff do you think that's fair like do you know what i mean do you see what what i'm trying to get at though like it's like i do i'm trying to like say that it's like the fun is the thing that you kind of like i'll be honest a lot of the time with actual play like it doesn't necessarily have to it's not fun in the same way it's fun from like an acting perspective or like from you know what i mean but it's not like fun that i'm I'm not leaning back you know popping some crisps you know having a beer whatever you know what i mean like that's not happening <laughs> do you know what i mean yeah out of like the things that i get out of recording actual play fun is like fourth but it's incredible mm. that i get to have fun while i do my job Yes. Like, that's what it is. Can we, hey, Jasper, can we put it like our, uh, if you want to put like your acting academy hat on, and I'll put my English major and creative writing hat on for a second. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What does your acting academy hat look like? My acting academy hat looks like uh, a big old, um, oh, God, I was going to go for like a sorting hat thing, but we don't like Harry Potter anymore. So no, hold on. Let me think. It can still be a big wi- it can still be a big wizard hat. No, no, no. You know, I want it to be the opposite, actually. I've decided that I want it to be a tiny little kind of like mad hatter style, like a little Ooh. floral number. It's like a top hat, but it sits off to the side and it's tiny. Uh, I, I like it's like a it's like a headpiece. You have to pin yes. it to your hair. I, have to, pin I it. love that. I have to pin it into my hair. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. my my English major hat is Holden Caulfield's hat from Catcher in the Rye. So it just looks like a hunting hat, and no one really understands it. But I know it, and that's what's mm. important. That's fine. That's fine. Um, okay, listen. So the, the the what it boils down to, and I think that. I've been having a lot of interesting conversations about this since Big Bad Con and like the more critics that have been talking about this and the more critics coming into actual play is Mm. like you got to look at this like art, right? And when you make something like art and let's let's 
my idea of art is when you make something creative that has intention, right? You're doing yes. something to intentionally elicit a feeling or recreate a scenario or make some sort of story, and then you do it, right? So it's like... This is where art, the capital A art extends to so many different things, right? It's not just books and movies and paintings and statues, but it's also like uh, performance and what a different types of performance and all this stuff. So when we talk about actual play, it's art. We're doing some, we're putting work into making something be something, right? Like my job for an extended period of time is planning and running the game. And as the players are like, they, they are kind of in on the project and they are doing their job of participating, being in the space, etc. And then we edit and sound design and then put it out and all of the other marketing and all the other stuff that goes around it is about like being able to do the art full time. Yes. Like that is in two different ways. Jasper mm -hmm. and my full-time jobs are creative professionals. Right. Yes. So that's what we're doing when we're doing actual play. You're mm -hmm. we're trying to make something and it might not be fun. We're trying to make you feel sad or excited feel or interested. Feel away. Just yeah, provoke a, some sort of reaction. Provoke a, we are doing something intentional to provoke an emotion exactly. Mm. At your table, you are just trying to have fun. Yes. And then we are negotiating how do you have the most fun? in that way. Mm. And I think that's where it becomes essential to listen to your table rather than getting caught up in the like, oh, what am I trying, like, you know, how am I going to do a big set piece or how am I going to do a big, you know, emotional moment? Because it's like, that's my biggest issue, honestly, mm. with people that are, get obsessed with like the actual play kind of side of this is like, you're now thinking about how you can be the most impressive DM as opposed to right. how you can listen to your table and figure out what they want. You know what I mean? Like, it's why, I know it sounds mad, but when I'm run individual sessions a lot of the time mm -hmm. now i do less planning now not because i'm trying to like do less work but i'm just like no because i need to listen i need to like spend yeah. the first half an hour just figuring out what this table likes if they like silly goofing around making little quips and jokes that's the adventure we're having if they're like getting serious and you know starting to point fingers and getting all aggy with each other i'm like sick they want serious they want intrigue they want mystery they want do you know what i mean so it's like mm -hmm. and i think you're absolutely right it's like if you do if you spend two long thinking about the uh you know one side of this you're going to completely forget about the most important thing which is your table and are yeah. they having fun f-u-n <laughs> a shorthand for this which you see knocking around actual play internet is the matt mercer effect and i think yeah. some people i think it's a fallacy but i think it's come actually all the way around to be something very interesting of, that it is actually apt for how it describes for what it describes if you sure. haven't heard of it before the matt mercer effect is when someone watches just critical role or maybe some mm -hmm. other actual play and then comes in and says wow my game of dungeons and dragons that i'm playing right now is not as good as the one that i'm watching and uh, this can be both for gms trying to emulate their favorite thing or players who are who are annoyed and that they're wasting their time and i think what's funny about it is that like matt mercer is just an actor and a, and a gm yeah. and a professional gm like yep. he is at his professional job doing his best he's very yes. good at it and yes. he has done it for a very long time but like he's doing something that's different in fact what you are doing this is the, the comparison that i would make right Go and check out Denzel Washington in Macbeth, right? Mm. Then, when it rolls around to Christmas or whatever time it is happening, there's a local Amdram performance of Macbeth happening. Go and get yourself that part. Go get Macbeth. And then see if you are as good at 
playing Macbeth He's as playing Denzel Macbeth, Washington. Right. You know right. what I mean? It's his job. That's his whole ass job. Of course he's going to be good at it. And yes, Matt Mercer probably is, you know, a Denzel Meryl Streep type, you know, DM where it's like, yeah, of course he'd probably win awards if people cared that much about TTRPGs. So you should not expect or, you know, expect anyone to be as good. That's insane. If you went this to is- an Andron performance and they weren't Meryl Streep, I'm not going to be sitting there going, well, you know Meryl Streep, are you? You suck. Can I make a sports uh, analogy here? Because I think this would also work really well. So it's like, think about professional athletes, right? Professional athletes, their job is their body, especially now Mm. with how much like wellness there is surrounding professional sports is like, you know, like, yes, LeBron and Messi are good at all this at all times, but like they do it all, they do it to make, to be as good as possible. Yeah. Let's compare like an NBA game to a game of like 21 or playing a horse. Or sure. for you, comparing soccer on a full pitch to like mm. one of those the, those street ball soccer games that's like in Brazil, where sure, it's like, like five aside or futsal, something like or that. Or like yeah. yeah, where you're just like or you're just like kicking in the and the and the goal is like a taped up square on a yeah, wall you're playing wall ball right? or something, right? You're just kicking it against the or, wall. Or yeah. this is not to say that professional athletes would not be good at both, but I think that there are people who are very good at the game of horse, for example, where you mm. like oh. I'm going to throw the ball over, be blindfolded and throw the ball uh, into the hoop from 50 feet out. But also, you can't compete in an NBA game, my friend. Yes. A very good example of this is there literally is a lot of like YouTube like uh like techers you know football players mm. who you know who can do you know they can score free kicks from anywhere and they can do this and that and the other and it's like and all the comments are like why aren't you playing in the premier league and it's like because they'd suck they don't have the anaerobic fitness they can't yeah. do it under pressure like they'd get absolutely run ragged <laughs> that's yeah. why <laughs> i think like the dude per- do you know dude perfect do you know about those guys i've heard of dude perfect yeah like yeah, they yeah. have kajillions yeah. of youtube subscribers and all they do is like uh trick shots and they do it professionally but it's like yeah yeah, they're not going to like play hockey or baseball or whatever just because they can throw they can do this from like all the way over there and like throw it through oh like a hoop and then a drone catches it and whatever like they they're good at this one thing but Mm -hmm. i think it's funny to think it's 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 abstracted in this way because you will have more fun at your home game than you will at your job. And that's not the same for any of these other things. Like Absolutely. sports are sports. Matt Mercer, I know for a fact Matt Mercer has a home game and he enjoys that. Like yeah. he'll enjoy that a lot more than he enjoys running Critical Role. And that's not because he doesn't enjoy doing Critical Role. It's just like, it's just a different, it's a whole ass different thing. You know what yeah. I mean? Uh, it, it, with so many different pressure and stuff like that. And also just to, for me anyway, to close out this Matt Mercer thing, he even, he says at the beginning of every episode, we're just a bunch of nerdy-ass voice actors who sit around and play Dungeons & Dragons. And I think the problem is here is that people hear one thing, but he's saying something else. People hear, we're just a bunch of friends who play Dungeons & Dragons. No, 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 no. Listen to what he's saying. We're a bunch of voice, voice actors. actors. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, that's the bit that people don't hear when he does that intro. And it's like, no, 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 no. We're talking about the two leads in a freaking 
the, one of the most successful gaming franchises of all time in Laura Bailey and Ashley Johnson at this one table as well. Like, it's, you know what I mean? It's like, yeah. again, it's just like, exactly. when it comes to performative ability, th- th- these two are friggin' elite. You know what I mean? It's, you can't compare. Yeah. The thing that you're doing at your game is just a different animal entirely. Yeah. Not to say that you wouldn't do it, but it's just that you don't. So I think just like, try to reframe the yeah. situation as totally different, right? It's like, you're trying to have as fun as possible the other thing i wanted to address the thing that's bumping or that bumps around tabletop rpg internet is the idea of railroading and i think that that's the problem when you're trying to tell a story you're trying to tell the story right the players have an obligation almost to go along with the story because we they know they're doing a story for recorded stuff Yes, it becomes more of a question you're going to ask in on games and feelings. If you yes. are negotiating, well, who, is so, who, who is allowed to have fun at what time when you're doing a home game? Like, yep. can you go and try to fuck off all the time when, you, when your DM is like, I prepared all this stuff in my free time for my day job. Like, I don't, mm. then, then it becomes an interpersonal problem, not a artistic problem or creative issue. Or professional problem. Yeah. Yeah. I actually have a really good example of this, uh, which Please. is that uh, I'm uh, coming up to DMing for Rotating Heroes. And I actually made a mistake, I think, in one of the arcs that we've recorded. In the sense that, like, I think I was so conscious of the kind of internet's, you know, need to call everything railroady that I sort of, mm. like, actively tried to not make it railroady and make yeah. it more sandboxy. And it kind of has meant that, like, I've ha- I'm having to do, like, a lot of edits in post yeah. because it just sounds messy. It sounds, like, sloppy at times where I'm just like, oh, that's not what, you know, that doesn't feel like an organic, fun thing that's happening. It just kind of feels like there's a lot of them trying to figure something out that's sort of unnecessarily complicated and yes. means that it's harder for them to just do their job, which is just, like, react and play and be in the moment, you know? And so, yeah, I think that, you know, the railroading thing is a really, really good point because it's like, I don't, truly don't think that you can have a online game unless you do the the CR format even then I think it's railroady, but yeah. like unless you have the CR format of we're gonna do this for four hours and it truly doesn't matter if nothing happens in this episode you truly can't not railroad like you just can't but even then like their audience believes in it like they really need to their audience needs to be okay with with yeah. that and then they gotta be like all right next and then afterwards they're probably like hey guys next episode we, we gotta did, do some we stuff gotta, we gotta we gotta grease the wheels because we something's gotta, gotta happen <laughs> yeah i find actual play to compare to video games i i feel this way mm. now that i've been playing ps5 exclusives for mm. <laughs> now that i'm feeling this way it's like i really you really do get led through the story you got to do the thing that the yep. video game person lays out for you um, mm-hmm. And very similarly, that's why, you know, ladders are yellow. So you see the ladder and you go up the yep. ladder, right? You yep. got to play the, the the game that they laid out for you. And I think that that's yep. similar to how how the games that actual plays are constructed is like a video game. Is like, mm. I want everyone to do their best in it. But it's like, you we're, we are moving from one place to another because there needs to be some sort of coherent story along the way. Yes, it's dynamic absolutely. and changes, but it still is a little, it needs to have some sort of thread. Yes. And I think that this is actually a really good comparison because I think that if you imagine like your Sony uh, exclusives, which are very linear, very kind of like single player focused, you know, this is the story it lays out. Those are 
basically like movies. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And I think like that's kind of like the difference between Spider-Man that 2 and... felt like a movie a lot, it's a movie. especially in the cutscenes. And it's it's a movie, but like honestly, it's like a movie that you, you know you just get like a, a honestly like a tiny bit more agency and a lot of fun swinging around and beating people up. Like that's kind yeah. of what's like Spider-Man Two is. And then I think even comparing it to up to like an, a crafted RPG, like the best ones, the beginning of the story linear as hell, the end of the story linear as hell. What you do in mm. the middle, kind of up to you, but still relatively linear in terms of the actual story. It's just it more it just gives you choice of what order you do stuff in you know what i mean it's like i don't actually think that the idea of this open world sandbox is achievable in anything other than a home game like a home ttrpg yeah. game i think that is truly the only format by which you can have an actual open world sandbox in which anything can happen which is the reason why i think it's essential to reframe as you said eric because it's like think of that as the joy of a home game anything mm. can happen Everything is on the table. Rule of cool, have fun, and enjoy it. You, Yeah, you can go in directions you're not expecting. I think at the same time, all humans think they want... Like, this is very philosophical That's of us. That's what I mean. I think all humans think that they want this, uh, this open world, but I don't think they do. No, all they All of don't. our favorite games, all of our favorite games, they have stories. They have beats and stories. Even the games that don't have stories, like GTA, the reason GTA 5 is still obscenely popular is because on Twitch, everyone does role-playing streams. Yeah. Where they're all making up their own stories. They're making up their own stories. <laughs> which, like, came out of, which only came out of it. It was a very organic storytelling sort of thing yeah. that popped out of it. I, I saw a tweet recently that Starfield, which is the new Bethesda game, it's yeah. Skyrim in space, that someone yeah. was like, hey, it's weird that no one tweeted something like, wow, I love this companion from Starfield. Like, even at this point with Cyberpunk 2077, someone was like, mm. oh, I love this stuff, even if it's a mess. Like, yeah. when, you, when you think that people want, like, the endlessly generating AI bullshit that we're dealing yeah. with right now, and plus some with Bethesda just doing what they're doing, and kind of just like, yeah, it's buggy as hell, but we made something really big, don't you like it? Um, yeah. I think that people don't like it. I think even in your home games, though, you should embrace the fact that you are trying to make each other laugh and have fun. And I don't yep. think endless choice is the way for anyone. The endless choice, I don't think, is the world. Also, in a sandbox, even a sandbox has has edges where you it have, has can't edges. be in the sandbox edges, anymore. Man. Yeah. Yeah. It has a bottom. Yeah. You know? And then and you have to like maintain it or then you'll find poop in the sandbox. Don't want poop in your sandbox. Yeah. You got to so, clean the sandbox and make sure that you put toys in the sandbox. Yeah. People who say they want their DM to be exactly like Matthew Mercer are people who take a giant shit in a sandbox. <laughs> and expect you to be okay with it. <laughs> right. So the point that I was trying to make with that is like, it's come all the way back around. It is no longer the phenomenon where people are like, wow, you're not as good as Matt Mercer. It is where people come into games expecting their life is a movie. That's what mm. I think is the, that's the issue. I sure. think that it's sure. like you you think I you think Matt Mercer is a god. He is an actor at his job. And that's where we've come all the way around with it. Where mm. I think it is still an apt effect, but it's describing something else instead sure. of the thing that it used to be describing. Agreed. Uh yeah, listen, we could I love to this question comes up every once in a while, but it's always worth refining. Being like, this is it's art. It's art in the way that you someone makes something for you. I think yeah. I think it's a super important one to discuss because it's like this is essentially at the heart of 
all games, you know what I mean? Mm. And also all feelings around games, which is just like how we interact with these things and how they are viewed as a part of the wider society, the way that we talk about them. I mean, this would be a great future episode, which I definitely think we should do. We should absolutely like tackle game reviews as a concept, you know, because I do think that, again, it's like a very, like, I don't know if you saw the post that the the guys who made the Gollum game did. Oh, yeah. Oh, God, dude, it's so heartbreaking. (laughs) And, was, they, and then what are like, they supposed to do? Right, the worst video games that come out are probably because someone forced them to do it too fast. That's always dude, what it is. The King Kong the game. The King Kong game. That's what I was. That's what I was referencing. Yo, yes. I just watched. I literally just watched the review, and I could feel them trying to be nice. And they were yeah. like, "Hey, we're very aware that this studio had no time. They had one year but... to put out a AAA game, and that's why it looks like garbage. That's what happens. And completely, it... like, from the ground up as well. Like, it's not even like it had a predecessor that they're basing, like, 80% of the mechanics off of. It's like, no, 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 just from the ground up. Yeah. That's why Wild. we end up talking about jobs so much on Games and Feelings. It's like, that's where we're at. Yeah. It's the Games now are so much art and jobs more than it is just games. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's the right. Even even when it's, let's let you still have your tiny hat on. Let's talk about movies mm. for a second. Right. Okay. This is yeah. like the abstraction of conversation of like mm. a movie when you're filming scene. It's like, well, you're trying to you're portraying real life on screen. Right. Mm-hmm. And then people then emulate their lives around what they saw in movies. And then cool. it becomes an abstraction of what how we live our lives because of our response to art, whether yes. we're talking about emulating characters we like or wishing our life was one way or another. Or and then when this is when it comes to like, hey, is art all supposed to be good? Like, are we supposed like Killers of the Flower Moon, which has been coming mm-hmm. out with Martin Scorsese's movies? Right. This came up a lot when we were talking about uh, Wolf of Wall Street. Yeah. When you're watching a movie, is the person on screen supposed to be a good person at all times? No. It's no, it doesn't. Yeah. But of course, like, what is our responsibility to each other when or we have to have any sort of critical thinking when we're interacting with art? It's complicated. So when yeah. we're talking about actual play, you are filming or recording in whatever way a game, which is so we are taking something that's supposed to be for fun and then turning into a story and for art and for art instead. So we are fundamentally changing what supposed to do but we cannot let the art version take away the other thing which is just the game the relationship between people having some rules to govern having fun with each other and whiling the time away that we have on this mortal coil right like we can't lose the thing in the first place which is just us uh, humans bumping into each other and i think Mm -hmm. if we if we lose it too much then our life is totally abstracted I wonder whether this is a part of, you know, if we're going to go down this like slightly more philosophical route, I wonder yeah. whether this is a part of a general move, I think, to, in society to constantly blur the lines between, like, performance and performative stuff sure. and curated narrative stuff. Like, we, I feel like more and more now, we, do, we genuinely can't see the seam between the two, between reality and the performance and the, the art and whatever. You know, take, for instance, a lot of pundits on tv now and yeah. you know i'm not gonna get on the politics route because we don't need to go there but jasper's you know I mean? super but like, into margaret thatcher so just the just stan huge. a stan just of huge. iron lady uh, stan no i refuse to have that on committed to anyone <laughs> i'm sorry i'm true. sorry that was too no, far no. i'm sorry um but i do think that you know you take a lot of pundits for instance who operate in uh uh you know massive massive mediums now and mm. people fundamentally cannot re- recognize that they are g- giving a performance right. that they are that, that, you know that what they are saying these 
absolutely ludicrous, outlandish things, you know, hateful things at times that truly like another human being, I've struggled to believe yeah. unless they are genuinely bereft of a soul you know i don't think that they are capable of saying that thing and actually meaning it so therefore it's a performance but it's that but people are capitalizing on the fact that we as human beings kind of live in this sort of pseudo virtual world now where it's kind of hard to tell the difference between the two you know what i mean we're kind of at a point now where it's like they're all just kind of blurring into one you know amorphous yeah. soup and it's like well how do you then begin to separate that out? And I think it's the same thing with this, right? It's like we kind of can't really recognize the difference between what is like art and performance and what is like reality. And it's like the same thing that I always get really like, I always get really, really funny when people are like, oh, like I hate the fact that they made this sequel or I hate the fact that they did this or yeah. how could you do that to, you know, it's like, well, no, 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 you have no ownership over this thing. You bought a ticket to see the movie or you bought the game, fine. But that is that is where your interaction with this property ends. Like I completely am up for fans having a voice and, you know, having involvement over a thing. But when it comes to the actual product itself, oh, it's just like, right. no, 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 like that's entirely a piece of art that someone made. You know what I mean? And yeah. I think it's like the separation between those two lines constantly seems to get blurred. And I think it's the same thing with this, where people are so utterly convinced that Critical Role is literally just a bunch of nerdy friends and that it's like just them. There's no one else in that room. You know, they run around beforehand, hit and record on all the cameras, you know? And yeah. like, it's just like, it's no, it's just so far away from the reality of that situation. And yet though, people sure do... And this is not just CR, and I think that Matt Mercer does try to say we're actors when we do it. Yeah. But it's like a he lot of people. He says that at the top of every single episode. He says that. But a lot of people. But I think it's like also this is why we end up talking about jobs so much on this thing. It's like, well, mm. you sure do make a lot of money trying to uh, to say pretend that you are just some friends or family mm. members recording together, and therefore it's just for fun and just what and it's just whatevs, even if it's not. So it's like it's a constant balance between it, it, it also behooves the person performing, whether the pundit, mm. as you're saying, or the person making the actual play to pretend that it is not, in fact, performance, because then it is, quote unquote, authentic, whatever the fuck that means. Right. That Yes. And I think that's what that's what I mean. It's like we have gotten to a point where it is acceptable to out to basically just outright lie about the nature of what you're doing. It, you right. know what I mean? And like, basically, yeah, it doesn't yeah. it doesn't matter. You're like, oh, you know, I'm, it's just me fighting against the world, me and my podcast. And it's like, what are you talking about? Your Patreon has like ten thousand people. You, you, you know what I mean. You, you've, you've got this you ma staff massive of setup. Twelve just for this podcast. You've been paid fifty million by Spotify to spread. You know what I mean? It's just like right. shut the hell up. What do you mean? It's just you and a podcast smoking cigars or whatever. You're wearing a DoorDash hat. Yeah. <laughs> You've been wearing a DoorDash hat for four days. What are you talking about? I only ever see you in public drinking Athletic Greens. Like, <laughs> what do you mean? I've never, I haven't seen you drink water in three years. You've only, you only have Red Bull in your house. This is upsetting. <laughs> I'm worried about you. Yeah, I think that the it just gets extra complicated when you're talking about games. Because it's like mm. a movie is a movie, right? You're going to go do it. And I mean, yes, there's complications of IP and creative stuff and like who makes money off of what and whether you're supposed to just do what you think is best or serve the fans or a combination of two or let the person making the movie make the movie. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff happening here. But then like pour onto it, like, you know, when we're talking about streaming and actual mm. play, it's like, are you allowed, should you yell at the streamer because they're doing a worse job than you could have done? 
I don't know. I don't know what the answer is. When you look at it from so many different angles, is like, can you, should you be, should you be telling the streamer that they missed something or that they're doing a bad job playing, playing this Mario game? It's like, on one level, yeah, I guess so, because you then go play the game and stop watching the stream. But at the same time, you're opting into the stream, so stop bothering the real person who's there. But at the same time, they're on stage and they know that. Like, it's a lot, there's a lot of push and pull yeah, of I who know. is responsible. I, 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 yeah, I think this is one of the things, is like, I think it's like, if that person actively has chosen a platform and a way of communicating the art, which elicits response, right. then I exactly. think that maybe it's kind of fair game. I think you definitely still have a responsible for being like a respectable Oh, human you being. still have to be a nice you know person. I mean? <laughs> like, you still have to be nice about it. But you, yeah, sure. If, if, if interaction is a part of the medium, then sure, you can share your thoughts fine but like equally you know we're do me and eric are doing a podcast because we're way too chicken shit to actually hear what you guys have to say in response to anything that we say I, so hey man I, st time, I stream you talk you talk about your own shit i'm fine I, i'm good i do not like i'm terrified dude i'm terrified legitimately i'm terrified of streaming i have been wanting to get into streaming for so long but i'm yeah. actively terrified because i'm just like i don't I don't know that I want to be in a p platform that actively encourages people to say stuff about, Comment. you know, the way I play a freaking video game. You right. know what I mean? It's like, no, that's my happy place. I don't want to dunk on myself by having some person online who has like a freaking, you know, 69420 hashtag, whatever is their name, tell me that I'm playing a game that I love wrong. And then yeah. me going to bed afterwards thinking, well, I guess I play that game wrong and now I don't really want to play it. Like, no. You're, so I that's what I mean. So that I, therefore I choose not to put myself, you know, in that forum, in that, you know, in that medium or whatever. But I think yeah. if maybe if you do put yourself in that medium, then it's like, okay, there's a certain level of give and take, I think. Because then it's like, okay, in, in order for, because especially when it means like, you know, like if you accept like super chats, you know what I mean? Mm. Where people actively are paying to say something. Well, right. it's like, okay, you're actually encouraging someone through money. You know what I mean? To right. like give their opinion or to say something to you. So you've kind yes. of got to be prepared for that. And realistic, yes, you need to be nice to people. I want to be very well, yeah, clear. Be you nice. have to be Jesus. nice to people. I mean, one piece of advice for everyone, please just be nice. Like what? Like it doesn't cost you nothing. Yeah. People can really piss me off and I'll be nice. Cause I'm just like, eh, I don't know. A, a more transferable currency is just like being a decent human being. I think. Yeah, is, you can be nice because uh, I'm going to tackle them for you. <laughs> that's because you have. Yeah, I'll, exactly. I'll and I, plus I have an Eric who's willing to just absolutely yeah, demolish anyone that's mean to me, which is kind of nice. <laughs> for sure. It's, it's funny. Yeah, the blurring of the line is the thing that gets complicated so the question mm. asker you're right you're 100 percent right this is more incredibly complicated to go back to our denzel washington thing mm. is like yeah you can't yell at denzel being like you sucked a big beth and then what denzel was like hey why don't you do it and you're like i can't but it's like <laughs> but it's like if i'm playing overwatch and i'm doing a bad job it's like maybe you can't do better in overwatch then you get a camera I, but yes it's, i so think it's, that's it's, the point that's the, that's the point for me. What right. does you if you tell that streamer they suck at Overwatch? What does that achieve? Nothing. Yeah. Literally nothing. You're just basically get, walking into someone's workplace and telling them that they shouldn't be working here. Yeah, I think about that. I think about that a lot. It's like the, the Jerry Seinfeld bit. They're like, "What if I gave to your job and heckled you?" Yeah. I think about that all the time.
Insane. I'm not saying that you should. I just think that I'm talking about how closely the activity is to mm-hmm. real life. That's the sure. really complicated. That's the very, very complicated thing. Because it's like, again, Macbeth playing in the NBA or like speed running even. It's like, I can't do that. You spent a lot of time and effort and you have the, the specific skills that I cannot do. But it's like when you are end up doing an activity that is so close to something that a regular person could do in their own house, then it starts mm. to blur and people feel and audience members feel the how close it is but and then i think that just goes then goes back to the points we've been making which is just realize that you know you can't do the things that critical role do it's and you just, shouldn't and you like, shouldn't it's just that simple yeah and you shouldn't try streaming is a really good example of this because people also streamers do the wildest shit they stream yeah. for for days at a time they like mm-hmm. i do th- i worry about my favorite streamers that like they expose themselves to being Too on much. camera for so long and like yeah, it's wild yeah, yeah, yeah. so it's like they are doing something they're doing you don't have to do something for an audience you just are doing it for each other because you are doing the purest fundamental version of the thing that you have seen abstracted by media is ultimately what I'm coming down to. So don't worry about the other things. Just do the thing that you think is best. And also, here's just another little bit of advice. Don't do the thing that I've considered doing many times, which is that I don't have enough time in my life to play games. So I have considered multiple times and still do on occasion starting to stream purely because it no. will give me I'm like that way I can justify playing games more. So here's another piece of advice. If you're thinking about playing at like you want to play an actual play, but you can't get your friends together frequently enough, and you think that if you start an actual play, you will no. then that'll give an excuse for you all to get together and play those dragons. Just don't. Trust no, me. Don't do that. <laughs> Trust me. Don't. Do don't. That. It's so much more work than you think it is. It's yeah. Don't so do that. much more work. And I the I, unless it fucking rules and i mean unless it is literally 10x better than critical role the chances are it won't break through just start a band then just start Start, a band yeah (laughs) that definitely start a band definitely you know what's more cool is being in a band and then saying you play dungeons and dragons in the tour bus that is infinitely cooler than starting an actual play dude i wish man Man, that's so cool. Why didn't I? Oh, I'm gonna make three black halflings a band. And... Do you know, like, there's a the. Sh- do you know the show Bombarded? Have you heard of mm-hmm. these guys? Yes. Yeah. No. You said you didn't. They were. Yes, they they started before three black halflings started. So this was like before. I mean, when you were still like getting into it. But Bombarded hmm. was like they were all bards and they played music during the show. They were a band and then they started an actual play. And every time I think about them, I'm like, why? Why did you do this? <laughs> you were cool in the first place. You don't have to try. You to were so into cool. It. You were so cool. You can play music. You're fine. You're set. <laughs> oh That's my just God. coming from two dudes who wish they could play music, though. <laughs> I have no rhythm. <laughs> we, we established this. In- yeah, that's what I mean. That's what I mean. I have no this. rhythm, and I wish I, do- I wish I could play an instrument, but I can't. Uh, yeah. I, wish I, could. I played bass guitar for a while, but then it's just like... I played I, then bass. I- well, I played cello, and then I transitioned into bass because Jack Black told me to. Oh, cello, it's a bass. Cello, yeah, you got sure. a bass. Yeah, exactly. So I, I was like, oh, sick. I guess I can play bass. Turns out... It was not true. It's a fundamentally different skill. A bass guitar does not have a bow. Pretty different. Pretty different. (laughs) Pretty different. Honestly, Jack Black, you fucking liar.
Well, Chilo, we're at the end of the episode. Jasper. <laughs> hey, Jasper. Okay, people can see you on Dimension 20, but what else are you doing? Oh, what else am I doing? Um, uh, go check out Rotating Heroes. Uh, it is a podcast, actual play podcast with myself and Zach Oyama, and we have a rotating cast of people playing different heroes around the world of Amalar. Mm. Uh, we have Eric Ishii and Victoria Longwell on the new Arc 8, which I DM'd. Uh, so go check that out. Uh, you can also check out Three Black Halflings, which is uh, the show which talks about diversity and inclusion within the worlds of fantasy and TTRPGs. Uh, not dissimilar to Games of Feelings in the sense, but we talk about kind of diversity and inclusion as a as, a, as the main line topic. Um, outside of that, I'm on various other podcasts. I'm floating around. Just check me out on uh, JW underscore Cartwright on all of my social medias. Uh, and then you'll find out what I'm up to and what I'm doing because it's cool stuff. Yeah. There's more cool stuff. I haven't stopped and I won't stop. Can't stop, won't stop. Going to keep going. Except, except when so, you do. Except when you have to stop immediately. It's never going to happen. It's never going to happen, Eric. I'm going to keep going. I'm literally hiring an assistant. Good. Because I Smart. can't stop. Smart. It's Yeah, no, I'm really actually genuinely excited about it. I think it's going to be pretty like, game-changing for me. Eric, where can people find you on the internet? Uh, you can find me on the internet at L underscore Silvero and Twitter and Instagram because that's my name if I was a Lucha Libre wrestler. Join the party. Still going strong. Tell me about it. Still going strong. Uh yeah, well, I'm doing other stuff as well. It's other, it's happening, it's changing. Yeah, bits. <laughs> We're doing bits. Yeah, also going to be in the NBA because I like basketball, so I'm good enough to be in the NBA. Everyone knows that. Um, just too much <laughs> about it. Uh yeah, I'm playing. I'm the Avatar too with my all four of my elements in my house. Uh, this is no good. I'm playing PS. I'm playing PS5. I'm enjoying. It. I'm jealous that you're playing PS5. I want to be playing PS5. Jasper, you can uh, carve yeah. the time out too. You can do it. I promise. I, 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 I'm going to tell you as soon as we finish recording about something that I'm currently working on, and you're going to realize that I do not have the Jasper, time. Jasper, if anyone has told you that you, the person who has made you not have the time is you. Oh, no, 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 no. I'm aware. Okay. <laughs> but me is a psycho and, yeah, has yeah. refused, and is refusing to yeah, you let is, me go. You is a psycho. You you is definitely a psycho. Well, Jasper. Me is a psycho. Jasper, I am here. I have a game manual out, and it says... Uh, Take a nap, read, read, play some video games, and there's nothing in the manual that says anything about feelings, though. I can't find wow. it. My manual just says, keep working, you dweeb. Don't be You're weak. doing this to yourself. <laughs> it's literally you. It's all you. It, I, it, the author of this manual is JW underscore Cartwright. So. Yeah, it's like Jasper says, never sleep. <laughs> never sleep. Keep going. <laughs> Games and Feelings is produced by Eric Silver and edited and mixed by Misha Stanley. The theme music is Returned to French Toast Castle by Jeff Bryce, and the art was created by Jessica Boyd. Find transcripts for this episode and all episodes at our website, gamesandfeelings.com. Until next time, press X to enjoy the podcast.